All Things Automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Okay, Nico, are you on the couch with a cup of coffee? I am indeed on the couch with a cup of coffee. So what kind of coffee did you make? I made a cortado, which is a, 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 a espresso, a espresso and then some amount of milk. Do you know that we have a young South African man who has just won the, the Starbucks Barista of the um, Middle East and Africa Award? Really? Yeah, wow. Really. And in fact, <coughs> Kingsley was saying it's super exciting. Congratulations to our champion barista. We are super proud of him. I must say I'm super proud of him as well. I think that's just pretty darn good. Have you ever exactly. you, you, done latte art? Yes, yes. I, I, I think I've made you latte art when you were here. Remember the little heart on the, on the coffee <laughs> occasion? Sort of, can you remember that? Mine is very really basic. It's a flirty it's, man. It's, it's, it's a flirty latte art, but mine is very really basic and I don't really get it right. But you know what? Just talking about that, when I was at the SA Auto Week, remember we spoke about that last week? Yeah. They were at least four coffee machines. Yeah. So at least four stores actually had baristas making coffee. So it just shows how it's changed and the expectation people have. So at the SA Auto Week, uh, yeah, people, they were baristas making coffee. Yeah, we don't just want a good old cup that just goes under the plug and then it pours out. We want a cup that someone's put love into it and effort and energy. There you go. And you can see, you can taste the love. Taste the love and the effort and the energy. I hear that you want to test um, our skills today, and I don't mean ours as in Yours. Mine. Oh, mine. Oh, I thought you meant yes, all no, our not, No, no, it's yours. No, 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 no. This is not open to anybody else except you. Oh, what no. does Morton Harkett and the electric car have in common? Do you know who Morton Harkett is? No freaking idea. Oh, come on. I know we're on radio and the sun always shines on TV, but you should know. Who's Mo- Morton Harkett? Is he the guy that um, wears um, the yeah, helmet take, in yeah, one of the car no, shows? Take on me. Just take on me. Sun always shines on TV. Aha. Oh, oh, my goodness. Yes, you should know who Morton Harkett is. He's the lead singer of AHA. Well, um, yeah, they're, they're, doesn't that say something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think in any other situation, if I, if I say Morton Harkett, didn't know exactly. So, yeah. um, okay. now you know what I feel like. We're like, yeah, I should have known that. Yeah. Um, so, so <laughs> I really I think you just did that, that to stick the knife in and twist it a little, hey? Yep. <laughs> no. No, never. Um, no. So I, I read an interesting story, sort of correlated this week, that I thought I'd share it with you. So yeah. in the nineteen in the nineteen eighties in Norway, um, there were two movements. One of them was the Nordic Environmental Movement, and they were trying to get electric cars into Norway, and it just wasn't taking off. And then they thought, listen, let's get the help of AHA. So they got the the, the, the um, um, AHA, which is of course a big band. I'm a big fan of AHA. Oh, yeah. End of the nineteen eighties. Yes, a big fan, um, and they um, they went to uh, 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 to Bern in Switzerland, and they they effectively saw electric uh, electric car. There was a, a, a petrol car converted um, into an electric car, a Fiat Panda, and then they imported the car into Norway, and then they had a whole a campaign of civil disobedience. So they took this electric car and then drove through toll roads and didn't pay the tolls and stopped where they shouldn't and got fined. And effectively, was a way for them to to create awareness for electric cars in Norway. So it took quite a while, but of course, if you've got a famous Norway, Norwegian band like AHA behind you, that's going to get, you know, somewhere. So eventually that led to 
um, Norway looking more into electric cars. And you look at, so they started this in 1989. So in the 1990s, this sort of got traction. And that's one of the reasons why today Norway is one, one of the leading countries for electric cars is simply because of, of our pushing or helping to push that um, sort of, what, what should we say, I don't want to say agenda, but effectively, um, you know, electric, getting electric cars going. Because in, in the first half of 2022, 78% of cars that were sold in Norway were electric. So 78% of cars? cars. In the, in the first half of this year, they were sold in Norway were electric cars. And we can thank um, uh, Morten Harkett of AHA. And, and he's part of that because they started pushing that, that you know, quite early and getting the country ready to say, you know, that's something it should consider. Now, back then, that electric car wasn't really exciting. If you look at the, the range, um, it was about 44 kilometers, and the car took 48 hours to charge. <laughs> so it wasn't fabulous, but it was the start. Um, and then, you know, if we say, let's say that's a related note, good news, I, read, I saw an article now in this week that said Volkswagen has announced that they are going to build an electric car in um, D. Uh, yep, that's so they haven't, Yes, they haven't really given details of what electric car, but they've said that they're going to build an electric car because if you look at the export market, they're exporting polos to Europe. Now, if Europe is, you know, in a way, an example, are moving to electric cars, that's fabulous news for South Africa to say, you know what, we're going to start building electric cars um, for the export market. So, you know, I, I, I guess those are related as well to say that's quite exciting for the South African you know, market and the future for cars. Well, it's, it's also great because it's about job employment or job creation as well. So there's exactly. all sorts of opportunities exactly. in that particular space. Which and, is and technology. Exactly, yeah. technology. I mean, electric cars, especially battery technology, is, is a big thing for electric cars. And, and because right now, you know, people complain about the range. And, yeah. and for city cars, they're great. And if you want to go somewhere, you can still do it. I mean, people are regularly actually driving between Cape Town and Johannesburg or Cape Town and or Johannesburg and Durban. But if they have a family, you know, they, they're still not that great. But, but the next big thing um, seems to be um, batteries that effectively work like capacitors. So um, where you can um, have individual cells that you can um, charge quickly, discharge quickly. So that looks like the, the, the next big thing. Um, for electric cars. Um, there's um, no production car like that yet. You know, you've raised an interesting thing, and I'm just wondering, do we have any um, ambassadors of electric cars? You know, if we look at a celebrity like Morten Harkin of Aha, do we have any mm-hmm. celebrities in South Africa who is, are um, supporting or driving electric cars? I don't know. You know, they, I don't know if manufacturers are getting influencers to drive cars, but I, I don't know if they're big enough. You know, we really need somebody that's that's a... A high-profile person saying, "You know, I'm driving electric cars." I, I need to ride. I need to drive that um, that Audi, that electric Audi. Mm. Very, yeah, I, well, very high profile. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> you and me both. No, actually, you much more than me. I'm we gonna, we yeah, want to drive that. Uh, we want to be influencers who drive electric cars for sure, mm. without a doubt. Uh, not quite yeah. sure how we would do it, but nevertheless, uh, that's the way we want to go. And I think it's interesting. It would be interesting to see who those influencers are and whether they... Um, yeah, but I think you need somebody that's high-profile and just an influencer because an influencer, I still think, is as a limited younger audience. If you're an influencer, your, your audience is limited to um, a certain demographic, or, uh, not demographic, but age group, I would say. If you're an influencer, you're not going to have somebody... I'm, I'm, I'm 29, and I don't, <laughs> I don't watch influencers. <laughs> but, so, effectively, I really need somebody higher-profile that, that drives this.
But anyway, so okay. moving on yes. to the next um, interesting thing, and I thought this one you'd like yeah. as well. Are you aware that men and women's bodies are different, Michelle? Yes. How, how would okay, I know well, that? But, um, there's, I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah, you, clear you from the day somewhere. of birth that there is a difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, effectively, unfortunately, this, that also then affects um, an accident um, because um, if you just look at the way hips or torsos are different, women's center of gravity is higher. Um, their, 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 their muscle strength is different. So, and that means that they, are, they react differently in accidents. But unfortunately, before, what happened is that the crash test dummies, the male dummies were um, based on an average American man from the 1970s. So the dummy weighed 78 kilograms and the height was 1.75. Yeah. And then for, famous, for, for, for female dummies, they simply just took a 12-year-old kid. So effectively, it was 49 kilograms and 1.5 meters in length. And it based on the smallest 5% of American women in the 1970s. So what has happened? That there hasn't really been uh, crash test dummies that are, that, that are based on, on, on female bodies um, because they react differently. So now, for the first time in Sweden, they have had a bunch of engineers that have built a dummy that's now 1.62 meet, uh, 1.62 um, centimeters tall or 1.6 meters, yeah. and it weighs 62 kilograms. And effectively now, the dummy, effectively the whole spine can, can move, uh, can be measured. So... The idea is that they're testing um, um, these dummies now to say, hang on, but you know what, in a crash, in certain instances, a woman or let's say in, in, in whiplash uh, accidents, so in other words, impacts from the, from the rear, women are three times more likely to get injuries from whiplash. So they're now testing these crash test dummies, which are typically based on the human body or the female body to say, you know, that reacts differently. So how can we, first of all, get that to be implemented in Europe, in Captain in America, in PSC, I think, um, so effectively um, saying, you know, and we can look at safety systems and say, well, maybe airbags work a little bit differently or seatbelts that work slightly differently to also take that into consideration. So, okay, so that's, uh, that's interesting that they then shifted that and changed that. And as I was listening to you talk, I did wonder, um, do we have? I mean, this is really a dumb blonde question. I'm sorry to insult no other blondes. Thing. It's a dumb. It's a dumb question from. No Michelle. such thing either. No are such there, thing. It's just a question. Are there? Um, are there women who race in like Formula One, and are they allowed to race? Yes, um, women haven't been very successful in Formula One. Um, we even had a South African racing driver in Formula One, but now. The name escapes me. You see, it's like Morton Hockett. I should know, but I just can't remember it on the second. Yeah. Um, um, and, and some of the teams have been pushing, but they haven't been successful. So there are series where women and, 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 and men, are, well, women can race um, you know, with men. But um, I, I don't know if it's part of, of, of just the way that the bodies work, the forces generated in Formula One. But um, women drivers haven't been that successful in Formula One. Um, as an example, I think uh, if you look at Toto Wolf, which is the Mercedes-Benz team principal, he's quite famous, yeah. but his wife is Susie Wolf. And if you watch a little more Formula One, you know Susie Wolf was herself a, a racing driver, and she was a test driver um, for one of the teams, but never really made it into Formula One. So no, women drivers haven't been that successful at Formula One. What do you think that's about? Is it about our size? I don't know. Is it about our weight? I don't know. I mean, I, if I look at you know, tenacity, I worked with a friend of mine called Tennis Gardner, 
uh, and she was a very successful South African racing driver. And boy, did she, you know, she could really drive. I remember on, on one driving course, we had this very vintage guy, you know, and he, we were doing a course, and he was just bragging about, you know, how the cars that he's got were better than the cars that we had. And, you know, um, and effectively, on a hot lap, she drove half a lap, and then she had to stop for him to throw up. Um, and that was really quite enjoyable. Um, so, and she was really fast and really capable. So um, I, I think it just like, depends on, you know, driver to driver. So I, I don't know why women haven't been successful in Formula 1, but they haven't been successful um, like men drivers. Well, I, I'd be interested to know, maybe some of our <laughs> listeners who know um, about it can, uh, can tell us more. I mean, it does seem like a real tragedy that we don't see more women in um, Formula One, there is, a, there, is a, there is a series called the W Series, which is actually a, a series only for women racing drivers. Where um, each country then um, has a driver that drives, um, you know, for that country. Um, and again, now our South African drivers, oh, shit, what's her name? Um, it's not just escaped me. Um, um, but we also had a South African very capable racing driver. So, you know, I've I've known a few racing drivers, women drivers that are really capable, but just haven't made it into Formula One. Also, you must remember, Formula One is a really strange thing because money needs to get you there. Yeah. You have extremely capable drivers that will get to a certain level, and from there on, money is your driver into Formula One. Um, it's not, or, or maybe who you know, but it's, you know, we, we, if you just look at something that we should really be proud of, we don't talk about enough, is that one of the Fandalinda brothers, um, and we've mentioned before, has just won DTM. So DTM, which is... And if you want to look at the top tiers of racing, when you look at Formula One, yeah. in worldwide, DTM is also one of the highest levels you can... So if you look at you know, driving, let's call it saloon cars, with tin tops that refer to them, road cars, um, one of us, for the first time, a South African driver, um, Sean from Lynn, has just won DTM, the BMW. And that's really something to celebrate, which we don't celebrate enough. But then to get to Formula One, um, you know, money, money is, a, is a big thing for a lot of drivers to get you there. So money gets you to Formula One, not... You know, they are drivers that are very talented that never get an opportunity there. Yeah. So we, we've got a lot of comments. Uh, this is linked up to the, what we were talking about electric cars earlier, but also Formula One. I'm not sure who this is from, but someone's saying, how is it, Michelle, and Petrolhead? If Formula, and this is something you've spoken about before, actually. If Formula One racing is compelled to use electric motors in the future, where will be the excitement of hearing the mighty roar oh, yeah. of the V10 engines? And the person says, I imagine that the winner of the race will be asked to comment in a whisper in the post-race oh, interview. Yeah. I, I, I love that. So first of all, by the way, those V8s are actually V6s, the Formula 1 of V6s. But, you know, if they take that sound away, I'm also going to be, uh, I don't know how much I'll be watching them. Um, but Formula 1, I think they realize it themselves. So they'd rather set, you know, the route now as synthetic fuels instead of taking the engines away. Because there is Formula E, which is... That's what the racing sounds like. like mosquitoes so, racing. Do that again? Oh, that sounds like malaria. Like yeah, it, it does. Just, just, you know, just, um, just look for a sound clip or racing in Formula E, and that, that, that doesn't. It's not exciting. And even now, the, the, the current engines in Formula One aren't as exciting as as, as the V8, the V10s, um, or the V12s. But um, uh, yeah, so that would be a very sad. I mean, the irony, start. the irony would be, of course, is that like that's what we know. We know the sound of the mm. um, the V6, and we know what that experience is, but. In about two generations' time, um, you never know. They're right? going to call it dinosaur. They say, you're They're a dinosaur. Well, you know, why did you want to call... Well, you, you won't know, be around in two generations' time. But, no, I mean, as in generations, okay. if you know what I mean. Oh, generations. Yeah, oh, so yeah. They, wouldn't, they, they wouldn't really care, would they? 
no, that's it. You know, and our granddad had cars and had pistons and fuel and, you know, the dirty, dirty people. So I guess <laughs> I, that was not the great. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but effectively, yes, they're going to look at us differently. But, you know, for me, uh, as, as somebody that likes cars, I, to an extent, electric cars are fabulous and I like them, but they do miss a little bit of soul when the sound is taken out of them. So um, um, there is something still to be said for the way a car sounds when a piston's going, but yeah. the reality is the world is not going in that direction. So and then Claire, Formula One goes in 10 years. Claire is, I mean, Claire often sends messages. Claire does not like the idea of an electric car. She's never enjoyed it. I know this from her messages. She says another minus of electric vehicles is apart from the ridiculous weight is ESCOM. We have gone through this before, and I know that there are other no. options. Talk to us about that. No, but ESCOM, ESCOM is like your cell phone. Have you ever battled to charge your cell phone? You're not going to battle to charge your car. I mean, you can charge if you wanted to. You, if you have, Could you charge your car on an, in, uh, what do you call it? You can charge it every day, and you at least have, let's say, at least have eight hours. Let's, well, even if you charge it for six hours every day, it's still enough. So ESCOM is actually not an issue, even with the current whatever low tuning level, just yeah. a bit of planning, it's not an issue. So ESCOM is actually not an issue, but it is a frustration. Um, and it does sort of hold people back. I think the biggest issue is actually the price of electric cars. If you've driven an electric car, your mind tends to change. But, you know, it's still one million rand for an electric car. That's the problem. It's just price. insane. They, hopefully those, yeah. those VWs are going to be um, much, much cheaper. Hopefully they're you know? smaller uh, electric yeah. cars. But the fact is electric cars... Um, uh, a few months ago, I read an article that said electric cars cost the manufacturers three times as much as an ICE car, as an internal combustion engine car you make. So if you take the same car and you make that an electric car, the cost is three times more. So that's You've got the to find a way to like, lo load that. By the way, by the way, talking about electric cars, I know we, I don't want to. Toyota now have, have released their latest electric car. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. It has so many letters and it's not got a name. It's like a BRX4B or something. Yeah. But it has a million kilometer warranty on the battery. A what? A million, a million, so the, the warranty on the battery is a million kilometers. A million kilometers? One million. I mean, Dr. Evil would love that. One million kilometers warranty on the battery. <laughs> Okay, I want to ask you, um, Lynn wants It's called to... the BZ4X, the Toyota. Terrible name. BZ4X. I mean, it's a horror, really. But apart from that, it's actually quite a cool-looking little car. I don't know if it's going to come yeah. to South Africa. It's probably the size of a, of a RAV4, um, fully electric, but a million kilometers warranty on the battery. is unbelievable. Okay, so what about the weight of the car? Is that an issue? Uh, I mean... Now the heavy batteries are just heavy. Yeah, I, I, I agree. They're little. They're really plonky little things, electric cars, they're heavy. So and, we've got and, to see you know, that. Some of them are not plonky, they really, they're really weight. To, you know, if you look at the big SUVs, easily two and a half tons. So yes, they're heavy things. Yeah. That's just the back to back. Okay, so Claire's quite, quite correct on that one. Yes, yeah, she's not wrong. No, Claire, you're not wrong. Not okay, wrong, Lynn. If you've driven an electric car, Claire, your mind will change a bit. Ah, no, that's the thing. But then we can't afford it, as you said, so it doesn't uh, help. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, um, no, no. Nico, Lynn wants to, to just, just comment that Desiree Wilson was the South African driver. Ah, brilliant. Look at that. Look at, yes. So Thank you very much. Tell us about Desiree Wilson. She was a South African racing driver that raced in Formula One. She, <laughs> raced, in, think, she raced in Formula One? Global, yeah, I globally. Late, I think the late, young, yes, I think late 70s, if I'm not mistaken. But again, my, I, I, I can't remember all the details. I think it's late 70s, Michelle. Again, the help us out. 
you know, as, as I said, you know, we have some really clever people listening to us that okay, know so more then, than you and I. So then here's I a question. Did she, ra- did she race Formula One? Um, mm. Have we ever had men race Formula One globally? Oh, yes, of course. I mean, we had a Formula One champion. I oh. mean, we had Jody Schechter, which of in course. 1980, with Ferrari, um, was actually <laughs> the world champion. Um, and I think after him, I'm trying to think who was after that. We haven't had anybody after that. I, listen, we've had really capable South Africans, and I know a few that I think are extremely, were really talented. But just the money is the thing, Michelle. You know, we we never had the money to get us there, but we've had numerous, I mean, if you look at, um, there's different ways to look at it. At karting, so karting is like, you know, people think of go-karts. We've had a few um, karting champions which were world karting champions, so they would come go to South Africa, take part in the world karting championships, win that, um, and they would beat, which probably drivers that are Formula One drivers, but they never had the money to get to Formula One. So the talent is not the issue with Formula One, Michelle. It's the money, and we've had loads and loads of talent. And again, if I take the Fundalina brothers, um, um, Calvin and Sean, and Sean um, um, uh, racing. No, hang on, Sean's the father. Um, um, uh, Sheldon, rather, not Sean. Sheldon from the limit. You know, that, those are two capable South African men. But just okay. the money is the issue. Uh, so now Robert is pushing back, and Robert is saying that if ESCOM can't produce enough power to meet current demands, how are they going to produce enough power for 10 million electric cars? Uh, what would your yes, take um, on that be? No, I agree with you. I agree. I mean, but we don't have 10 million electric cars yet. So yes, that that's a different issue that you you know then we'll eventually have to tackle. And you know there are other issues if you think long term. The, the current yeah. infrastructure is okay, and I can drive to Cape Town. But if four if four electric cars go to Cape Town one hour apart of each other, it's going to be chaos. Because when I get there, there might be two charging points at that charging station, and two cars are charging. I'm going to wait for those cars to finish charging before I can charge. But currently, there's not a lot of electric cars. So it's the issue um, of short-term versus long-term. So we need to have a much longer-term way of thinking. So, Robert, uh, not short-term, but long-term. I mean, I would do it. If I could afford an electric car, I'd do it today. Okay, another question for you. Yes. Hi there. Here's a question for Nico. If these cars, electric cars are so expensive, uh, heavy are our South African roads uh-huh. ready for them? Hmm. I have driven in a Tesla, my brother's in Australia. Oh, amazing! Oh, what about the roads? Yeah, again, you know, the, the roads aren't great, and, and and but electric cars normally have special tires, um, which are actually a little bit more expensive, um, because you need quieter tires as for one, because you um, going to hear the tires more. The reality is that all the car manufacturers are, are pushing towards electric. So um, we can just say, you know, we don't really care about this electric nonsense. Our infrastructure isn't great. The roads aren't great. We're just going to keep selling petrol and diesel cars. And eventually, we're just going to have fewer and fewer cars. So the trend is moving that way with all car manufacturers. So basically, I'm on board. Otherwise, we're going to be left behind. Okay. And, and we're really going to battle. I'm going to, we've got Sam on the line uh, to just quickly, we've got a quick comment uh, on the line, I think. Okay, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Hello, Sam. Is it Sam? All right. I, I, if Sam is not there, we can just say what he was asking because we are running out of time. But Sam said that um, electric cars could potentially be dangerous for visually impaired individuals because they are too silent. What's your take on that? Okay. Let's get uh, Nico back on the... Nico, are you there? 
Yeah, I just repeat the question. I'm so sorry, Michelle. Sam, Sam is saying that electric cars can be potentially mm. dangerous for visually impaired individuals because they're too silent. Yes, I think they anybody, not even visually impaired um, uh, people. I, I, you know, if you drive normal cars, they're quite quiet. And I've seen with electric cars, you have to be thinking for other people because they are quiet and you hear them. It's definitely, uh, it is a reality of electric I mean, cars, it's a yes. reality, but, you know, I, I'm thinking back to when cars first came out in the, in, in the like, Fords, and they were driving at five kilometers an hour, and there was all that drama about the danger and the danger for people walking. And I just think, can we not just, what happens if we just start to look at this and say, if this, if we could make this happen, how could we improve on it and how could we make it? I mean, I totally agree with Sam. We do have to worry about visually impaired individuals because they are too silent. But I'm sure that when Ford first came out, people were saying exactly the same thing. But maybe it's an attitude towards pedestrians if we start there. Exactly. I mean, as a driver, your attitude toward a pedestrian is to Excellent. care for them, look out for them, and think for them. So it starts with my attitude, not the fact that the car's quiet. You've got to be, as a driver, aware of what's going on all the time and think worst-case scenario and look out for people. Be in the front, <laughs> look at the back, watch around you, and make sure that Thank it's you. all good. Nico, go back and have another cup of coffee. You're fabulous as always. Nine o'clock, time for the news. Good morning.